Welcome to the Soul Gym. I'm Crystal. And I'm Jody. And yes, we are the Soul Gym Sisters. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of the Soul Gym this week. Um, Jody, we are taking on a rather um what weighty subject yes. today. Uh, we just want you to keep your ears open and stick with us. Uh, we are talking about the sovereignty of God and whether or not that means God is in control. If you are any part of any church, if you listen to the radio, you hear that statement a lot, that God is in control, God is in control, God is in control. And we are here to kind of unwrap um, scripturally what we believe all of this means. And so we're going to open up with, so what is the sovereignty of God? You know, people are, the, the, God is sovereign. And all of a sudden, you know, you you get the, the, the preacher voice going. And, <laughs> and so we have no doubt in the entire world that God is sovereign. And so sovereignty means supreme power, authority. The difference is, is as we continue to unwrap this, is that Jody and I, through our relationship with God, through studying scripture, through what, what we believe, we believe that God's sovereignty is revealed through love and not control. And so think about the sovereignty of God. Our God created the heavens and the earth. He created each of us unique in his own image. I mean, that's sovereign. He created the laws of gravity and thermodynamics and the laws of motion. He put in the law of sowing and reaping. He is a God that forgives and delivers and that um, heals. I mean, as humanity, we can't do that. Only a sovereign God can do that. So we do not dispute um, the magnificence of who God is. We're just going to start setting up a biblical okay. um, argument, if you will, for um, God's sovereignty and his goodness. And just like a great leader, hey, any of you guys out there in, in leadership land, I was always taught that great leaders share authority, that they empower people to do um, what, what they need to do. It motivates people when they're empowered to do things. So Jody, start setting up some scriptural basis for why we believe God is sovereign, but that in his love and compassion, he has placed us in control of our lives. Here's some scripture to clarify what we mean about he's given us authority. It says in Psalms 8, 6, you gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents, scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Luke 10, 19. Same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So these are scriptures, for example, that God says, I have given you a choice. 
I have given you authority so you walk in it. So if God was in control of everything, why are these scriptures in here? You know, what what it sounds like is he's given a whole lot of choice, authority, power up to us. When he placed Adam and Eve in the garden, did they have a choice to rebel against God? Did they have a choice to eat of the fruit of the tree of good and evil? Yes, they did. So this is what what we're going to lay out today is the love versus control theory. God's in control, or does he love us so much that he gave back control to us? Now, the difference I see between love and control is love is giving. Love is, is letting people choose, even though you can force them to do what you want them to do, you love them enough to go, I'm going to let you choose. Control is manipulation. Mm -hmm. Control is done through fear. So if he's going to set this planet into motion and he's going to go, now, no matter what you do, I'm in control of it. That is not love. So. Right on. So I think we use, I I think the confusion sometimes is that we um, use sovereignty and the concept of being in control interchangeably, and they are not one in the same. So as we're, we're laying out the goodness of God and the love of God and the sovereignty of God and how good he is, the whole concept that God is in control. To be in control means the power to influence, to really to direct people's behavior or the course of events. And so if God controls everything, that means we don't control our lives, then you would have to go to a place where if that's the truth, then our actions are irrelevant, our efforts are irrelevant, and why in the world would we ever pray? If God is already in control, I might as well just throw my hands in the air and just let the chips fall where they may. It almost sounds like fate. You know, fate is is events beyond our control. And as Christians, I mean, my word we're taught, faith is a dirty word. I mean, fate is just not, it is faith that we live by, but not fate. And yet it almost sounds like it's the same concept of fate and God being in control. And so that's troubling. See, sovereignty and control are not interchangeable. But here's the thing. And because they're, they've become so enmeshed in the, in the same concept, God's sovereignty, if you think he's in control, almost infers that he's going to do anything. He's going to do whatever he wants to do. Mm-hmm. And the way sovereignty is taught really kills our faith. Jody, you were talking about the fight. Mm-hmm. This... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, now we're going to talk about some real sensitive things. And and I know uh, this goes to the heart of a lot of people. And what I, the pain, the, the tragedy that has taken place in people's lives. You've lost loved ones. People have died in some horrific ways. 
Um, children have been killed and natural disasters have taken out people. And it, God has gotten the blame for it. And, and I see it as a tool of the enemy. Because what it says in 1 Timothy 6.12, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. And there's a fight out there that we have to fight. And what that fight is, is we've got to fight this life in faith. There are things that we do have control of. There are things that we, we can prevent. And see, when I hear ministers and I hear people stand up from the pulpit and I hear other Christians say, you know, little Johnny, who is four years old, was was killed in a tragic car accident, but God took him. You know, it, it was in God's timing and plan. Or uh, a mom or dad who was just completely ravaged by cancer, and they're 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 going to tell the the family members and the loved ones that this was all in God's plan. Now think about it, right. please. Take off the religious blinders and think about it. God who is all love, God who who gave his only son, you know, to die for us, who would do anything to help us. He's given us every tool, the, the Bible, the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus to overcome. And now he's being lied about that he's the one killing, stealing, and destroying. You know, everything happens for a reason. You know, tragedy happens for a reason. And I, I'm clarifying it in my own mind that there are two reasons why bad things happen. Or things happen. Or thi- things happen yeah. is there's stealing, killing, and destroying, and there's life and life more abundantly. And the scripture says in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal kill and destroy but i have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly if we truly want to know the heart and the character of god look at jesus i mean the the very son of god came on this earth to do the will and plan of the father god and did he kill did he steal did he destroy everywhere jesus went he healed he delivered he loved, he forgave, he gave. So if we really want to know what God's all about, if we really want to know what his intentions are, his motives are, look at Jesus Christ. He only did good. See, there's a, there's a snake out there and he comes in and he bites people. He devours their lives. He gets them and he gets them good and he steals from them. And then he slithers away and God gets the blame for it. Um, you know, when people believe this lie that God is doing this and stealing from them and taking their children and wiping them out, I honestly, honestly do not know how you can love a God like that. I believe that when you take that into your heart and you believe that lie that, that God is that way, uh, I believe there's resentment. I believe... You can't truly open up and worship to a God who you say is your redeemer, your advocate, your vindicator, your victor. And yet you, when, when you think about, you know, God stole my kid or, or destroyed, you know, my marriage for a reason, 
how do you pray in faith? How do you, how do you go to him and you look at your life and now you're looking at the, the hundreds of thousands of bad things that happen in your life. You are going to indirectly connect God to these bad things that are happening. So we have to, I like to say it's a no fault religion. You know, it's an easy cop out. Yeah, I said it. It's a cop out because if something bad happens, you can go, not my fault. Uh, God's timing, God's plan, God's purpose or the devil. You know, so much of the Bible, like I said earlier in the scripture, he left a lot up to us when, when he created this planet and he put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. He said, you rule, you reign, you obey, you multiply, you subdue. And I think a lot of people, you know, to a, either appease or to comfort their wounded heart or to just say, you know what, nothing's my responsibility, nothing's my fault. We can always go to God and go, it's his plan. Yep, exactly. And again, what, what scriptures use to comfort people in difficult times, and we know that all things work together for good, and people stop right there. The rest of the scripture says for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. This religious mantra has done more damage. We just, because, and what it is, is if people just don't have the answer because they don't have the relationship with God. And so it's easy to just, you know, try to, I mean, try to comfort people. I, we, we get it. We, we get it, but we, we have such a misplaced um, blame yeah. here. God is not not doing this. I mean, I mean we, we were talking about it, Jody and I, earlier. We are in a fallen world. Yeah. I mean, we are. And guess and we, we are not diminishing. You know, crappy things happen in life. Sometimes other people's choices affect us. But you know what? This, this blaming God or, you know, saying that we don't have control really expunges us of our responsibility. And it's very painful, very, very painful to look at mistakes in your life or broken relationships or areas that, you know what, if you really ask God, I mean, and he'll show you and he'll forgive you, but it's sometimes very difficult to look at the, th- the choices we've made, you know, that have created some of these things in our lives. And so, I mean, we think God is so good. I mean, when, when, when we look at how good God is, I mean, if God was in control, the following scripture would, would not play itself out. It says in 2 Peter 3, 9, that... The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So are people perishing? Yeah. Are Then why are people perishing? I mean, God is flat out saying, I don't want people to die and go to hell. So why are they? I mean, if God was in control, then Every single one of us would accept him, would do exactly what he says. There would be no pain in the world. I mean, because God is not complicit in our pain. Like you said, Jody, 
man, if that is the case, I can see why people are an atheist. Mm -hmm. And to, to all you atheists out there, mm -hmm. um, guess what? God gave us a choice. He says in Deuteronomy, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. You choose. And, and that choice, I mean, you, and you hear it, but people toss it around. That choice is called free will. Free will. That's what God gave us. I mean, he did not want a bunch of puppets, you know, those creepy marionettes, you know, who just are, are, are just do, do whatever the, the puppet master wants. God loves us so much. He created us so uniquely that he gave us the free will to serve him. Another thing I'm finding out about God that it, it, it's getting rid of this God is in control is I'm starting to look at God in a different way. He's showing me a different side of him. And when we picture God is in control yeah. and, and most people, if they'd be honest, when, the, when they picture God, what do they see? They see this being, you know, floating around up in the sky somewhere. And he's, he's old, you know, he's really old and he's serious and he's a bit indifferent, a bit aloof, you know, about our issues. He really took the earth, spun it and said, Hey, good luck to you. You know, and sometimes he'll help you. Sometimes he won't, but he, he doesn't feel anything. He doesn't really, he, he can get mad. You know, we know that about him, but does he really care? And one thing I was, I was thinking about was God as a soul. And you go, huh? Now, God made us in his image. I'm not trying to make God like us, human-like. He made us like him. So we're like him. Yeah. So God having a soul, meaning he feels things. He, he rejoices over us. The Bible says he sings over us. Uh, he laughs in the heavens. And I know even hearing some of this, people will just, <gasps> yeah. you know, because they want to believe. You know, they, they think that's very reverent to think of him as this old, crusty old man who's up in the sky pulling all the strings. But he's not. The Bible that I read, he's very, very interactive with his people. Now, now hear me. He wants relationship. When we talk about love versus control, love is wanting you to get to know him. If I feel God is controlling me, if I feel anyone's yeah. controlling me, <laughs> you know what I do? Like last week, I push back. There's a bit of a resistance and you can say all you want. Well, I know it's best for me and God knows what's best for me. And ultimately, you know, it's all going to work out in the end. But if I feel that he, I'm a puppet or a robot and he's just calling all the shots, no matter what I do, he's going to get his way. Just like here on earth, if someone's pushing me, trying to control me, I'm not going to be too in love with that person. And what God is trying to get us to do is have relationship and be in love so we can enjoy life. We can enjoy the calling he has. We can enjoy everything he has for us and, and our relationship and our time with him. It's not a chore. 
It's not a duty. It's not, I have to go to church. I have to pray. I have to read my Bible. Because what's so interesting is when I'm madly in love with someone here on this earth, and it's easy, and it's fun, and it's light, I want to spend time with them. You know, some of the cruelest people I know are some of the most religious people because everything in their life is rule-based and I have to oriented, which is fear-based. I mean, if I don't do this, something bad's going to happen. If I don't do this, my parents told me I'm going to go to hell. If I don't do this, religion and legalism legalism is killing people. They have to, they have to, they have to. And God is just showing me I'm not that way. I want to talk with you. I want to share with you. I want to enjoy spending time with you. I've got so much for you that you can't even imagine. And it's all good. So if we can get this big, ugly, nasty picture of who God is out of our minds again, and then people go, well, he's sovereign. He is sovereign. I'm not taking any of that away from God. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, but the loving part of him, in him, is relatability. You know, he talked with people in the Bible. He can talk to you, and it's not always, Julie, (laughs) Julie, go to church now. And if you don't, Bad things are going to happen. It's not that he can at times if you're being completely rebellious, but out of a relationship is when we want to do the right thing, when we want to serve him, when we want to share about him, when we want to go to church. It starts there. Amen. And free will is so freeing. Yeah. I mean, God is inviting us to surrender wholly to him but he doesn't demand it that that's a good god he will not violate his own law he he put it into place he gave us free will he told us to choose and he's not choosing for us he's just doing everything he can to help us make the right choice I mean, God, it it is, Jody. It's all about this personal relationship. We talk about it all the time. God works through prayer and he he functions in its faith. It's faith that, that moves the hand of God. He loves us dearly. He told us it's faith. He's not hiding any Uh of this. It's not like, well, let's see if they, they can figure it out. He gave us the word of God. He gave us the instructions. He gave us the driver's manual. He just, we are in the driver's seat. We get to drive our own car. That is a cool God. And it is up to us to find out who we are in Christ. It's up to us. He has laid out everything for us. And so again, we hope that you can hear our heart And see that God's sovereignty um, is not about him being in control of everything that we do. His sovereignty is all about his love for us, about sending Jesus to die on a cross for us, to see the sovereignty through Jesus' life. Um, that, that, oh, I loved it, Joni, how you said Jesus, when he was here, he wasn't about forcing anybody into anything. There is such an ease 
being with God and in the presence of God. And so we're just encouraging you, get to know him. Get to experience the actual soul of God. Rest in that sovereignty, but understand that he gave you free will because he wants you to be able to choose him. And so we're asking you, who is in control? Uh, God is sovereign. God has given us free will. And he's saying, choose life or death. Choose life or death. But he wants you to choose life. And man, to just know that that we're we're in, in charge of our lives. I mean, that is that's freeing. That puts a responsibility back on each of us. Um, and like you said, Jody, if we believed God was causing all this bad, um, why would we ever run to Him? And so it doesn't make any sense if, like you said, if if you can strip away, and we've all been there. I mean, for years you know, believing this, this religious mantra, but if you can just pause and, and let God speak to you, we, we trust that you'll be able to discern it as well. And so God is a God of love. God is a God of love. And we just, uh, man, you know, taking on this subject, we, we, we get it. Um, but please reach out to us. We would love to to hear what you're thinking. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. just if, if this does tick you off, you know, I, I've been ticked off many times in sermons, but a lot of times it's because they're right and, and I believe in a lie. And humility is all about, God, could I be wrong? Could I be wrong in this? So what we're asking you to do is just take this and go to God and go, have I believed a lie? And if I am, how has it affected my life? Um, yeah, so just go to God, ask him where you need correction. We all do. So yeah, absolutely. So you guys out there in Soul Gym land, as always, thank you so much for listening. We just love that you're a part. Uh, we we uh, wrote a book. A year ago, Mind Moxie, uh, how to help you master what's mastering you. Uh, we tackle lots of different things in there. Uh, check out that website at mymoxielife.com. We thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your support, your friendship. Uh, continue to spread the word about the Soul Gym. We just feel that it is, when you're talking about the word and you're talking about God, it is life-changing and so, again, we appreciate it. So we will catch you next week at the Soul Gym where, you know what, we are here to really help the wounded soul, the weary soul, uh, the weakened soul. We are all about empowering you to be strong spirit, soul, and body. So God bless you. We will see you next week at the Soul Gym. Bye. Bye.